Have you become a member of Thrive Market? Go to thrivemarket.com slash Jimmy and you'll get $60 of free organic groceries from Thrive Market plus free shipping. Here's how it works. Listeners will get $20 off their first three purchases of $49 or more and there's free shipping on every order. I recently spoke with the founder and co-CEO of Thrive Market, Gunnar Loveless, about how he keeps the prices so low. What we do is we literally buy directly from the brands. We have very efficient, highly curated warehouses where we have two major warehouses that ship to 90% of the U.S. population within two or three days. And because we're buying directly from the brands, we're able to cut out all those middlemen in the supply chain, brokers, distributors, slotting fees, all that garbage that's in the markup. We pass that along to our members who basically are paying wholesale prices for these products. And instead of us making money on the product sales like every other retailer does, we break even on the product sales and instead charge $60 a year for a membership like a big box shopping club. So effectively for $5 a month, you get access to saving 25 to 50% off. You know, we're consistently 35% below Whole Foods pricing. And the average American family is spending thousands of dollars a year on groceries. So if they're able to save 25 to 50% off, that's a big, big deal. And for the first time in history, our members are able to buy organic, high quality, the best brands that they already love at the same price as conventional equivalents and have it shipped to their home for free. So again, visit thrivemarket.com slash Jimmy to take advantage of this offer. Thrive Market. They're back and better than ever at JimmyLovesFBomb.com. They are the F-Bomb company. Fat is smart fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend, MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter, macadamia nut butter blend. They also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. These are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com and if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb they'll give you 10% off of your first order. jimmylovesfbomb.com Coming up in episode 1312, Mark Sisson. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore hey, hey guys we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore and today I'm very privileged to welcome back on the podcast yet again I stopped counting like three or four times ago Mark but Mark Sisson is back here yet again on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show because he has a brand new book I'd like you to know about it's called The Keto Reset and ketogenic diets have been on Mark Sisson's radar screen for a very long time. Welcome back to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Jimmy. Uh, it's been a while, I think. It's been at least a year, but, um, yep. you know, great to be back. Yeah, man. And you're constantly doing your thing. You've been out there in the paleo world. You've been pushing your primal blueprint concept. You've been opening restaurants. I keep seeing new ones, you know, continuing to to pop up here and there with your primal uh, concept. So, man, you're staying busy. Yeah. Yeah. To, to say the least. <laughs> that sound said it all, yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> But I think any of us who are making a difference in this community of health, uh, we're working our butts off right now because the time is right. People are primed for this message now more than ever. That's for sure. I no, agreed 100 percent. And I, you know, I was going to retire a couple of years ago. And then when um, when the Primal Blueprint came out, the book came out and the traction was there. 
um, I realized that I kind of had an obligation yes. to to promote this message. Um, you know, not it was certainly just a self imposed obligation, but it was still an obligation nonetheless. And I've so I've been pursuing that. That's been my my passion and my purpose ever since is to uh, you know to inform the world about uh, the magic that is the human body and the ways that we can take back our health. Well, anybody that knows Mark Sisson knows that you exude passion and you are one hundred percent all in on every. Everything that you do. It's one reason I consider you a great friend and am honored to to get the word out about all the work that you do, because I do think you do pretty amazing work. Thanks, sir. Yeah, man. So let's talk about this whole keto movement, because keto was kind of the bad boy of paleo not that long ago, just maybe three, four years ago. We were hearing uh, at conferences, uh, you know, here's the dangers of a ketogenic diet from, you know, one of the main stages. And now here in 2017, keto has come on with a vengeance, uh, yes, almost as white thing. hot as paleo was back in 2012, 2013. What's going on? What do you think is the interest? Well, I think the interest is in the results. Uh, and I, uh, I had, Started talking about keto ten years ago on Mark's Daily Apple. Yep. Sort of, sort of tangentially, um, I referenced uh, uh, ketosis and the ketogenic diet in my book, The Primal Blueprint, which I wrote in two thousand eight, came out in two thousand nine. Yep. So I've been, you know, I've been dabbling in keto for a while, uh, and then I got a, a very nice uh, offer from Harmony Books this year to do a book on uh, on the ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, what, what better opportunity than to write a book and go deep into keto myself and explore some of these things that I've been writing about for so long. Um, now, this isn't to say that I haven't been keto on and off over right. the past uh, 15 years. I mean, I've been low carb for fi- over 15 years now, but, uh, I think 17 years now. I've been low carb. And so for me, um, I've been keto for days at a time for maybe a week or two at a time, but I never really spent a couple of months in keto. And uh, so I, you know, I, and I, because I'd already done so much work on myself and lowering my sugar intake and lowering the processed carbs, yep. you, know, I, you know, I did this carbohydrate curve uh 10 years ago that to this day i still think holds very very true which was to suggest that nobody needs more than 150 grams of carbs a day unless they're a a, a top competitive athlete or a steve door i wonder how many of your (laughs) listeners know what a steve i have no idea what that (laughs) you know a longshoreman somebody you know unloading you know unloading ships he works hard yes yeah he works hard um so you know i'd been in that 75 grams a day to 110 grams a day carbs for myself for a long time. Uh, And I'd actually started eating in a a compressed eating window, um, oh my gosh, five or six years ago. Oh yeah, you were on the cutting edge of intermittent fasting. Yeah, so the IF thing, I I already had that dialed in. So so for me to go from my traditional, typical, um, historical low-carb eating strategy um, to keto was okay. Can I find thirty more grams of carbs some somewhere <laughs> to cut? To cut and and then just be fully keto and start to look at my blood work and and see you know prove to myself that I'm keto for a long period of time. So I did that and I did that in in the context of of doing this book and uh, and of course in doing the research for the book I started to to look to all of the people that I know you know. Um, you know, uh, the Finneys and the Volicks and the Westmans and the, and the D'Agostinos. Uh, and, you know, everybody from uh, Sammy Inkinen to um, Tim Noakes and all the people who are starting to appreciate this amazing, um, I, I call it next level primal stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like primal 2.0, but we refer to it in the book as next level primal. It's just, uh, it's, and it, but, and yet you access a whole new world of possibilities. In my case, it was more energy and I already had enough, believe me. Um, it was the ability to go, um, a whole day without ever getting hungry, uh, to the extent that I kind of had to be a little bit mindful that I would eat enough. Make yourself eat. Yep. Yeah. And that was a crazy revelation to a guy who, whose nickname for the last 50 years Uh-oh. with with his friends was Arnold Ziffel. <laughs> now, do you know who Arnold Ziffel is? I have no idea, but I got a, I got a feeling so it's going to be a funny story. There was a TV show called Green Acres, 
years back. I do back. remember Green Acres, yes. <laughs> and there was a there was a pig, a thousand pound hog on on Green Acres called Arnold Ziffel, and because I could eat more than anybody in college. Uh, in my college days, I got nicknamed Arnold Ziffel for my my ability to eat that much. So to this day, my, my <laughs> college buddies don't call me Mark; they call me Arnold. So That's I was one of those people funny. who could eat, I could eat a lot of food, and and yet the more food I ate, there you go. That's right. There you go. Oh God, bringing back memories. So so um, I realized that uh, you know I'd spent much of my life. With a weird kind of outlook, which is, okay, what's the most amount of food I can eat yes. and not gain weight? That's right. What's the most amount of food I can get away with and not throw up in my sleep? Literally, I mean, th- these are <laughs> weird kind of things. But what's – and I think humans – well, certainly Western Western Westerners in particular, um, Americans in specific, mm-hmm. have this kind of mindset. Like, what can I get away with? How much of a glutton can I be mm. and, and not have it affect me? Uh, yeah. What I realized with with the keto thing was, wow, there's actually another s- s- a side to that coin, and that side is literally what's the least amount of food I need uh, that I can still maintain muscle mass, have all the energy I need, never get sick, most importantly, not be hungry. And it's it turns out it's a much much smaller amount of food when you build the metabolic machinery to become metabolically flexible and metabolically efficient to extract as many uh, as much energy as you can from your stored your own stored body fat or from the fat on on or the plate of the food you're eating uh, when you can when you can uh, offload your requirement for carbohydrates and particularly. Uh, those that create glucose, so because you're burning ketones so efficiently in the brain, and that was the real eye opener for me was like this this notion that I could thrive on significantly fewer calories than I ever thought possible for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of the ketones, uh, basically making that satiety kick in. One thing I remember about you, Mark, is back when I had this show called Ask the Low Carb Experts many moons ago now, you were one of the first guests on there. And the name of the episode was Ketosis, Devil or Angel. You remember that episode? Remind me, because I've done so many of them. Yeah, where yeah, where yeah. was I? So this was on Ask the Low Carb Experts. And you were basically yep. kind of outlining uh, at the time that uh, you had a pet peeve of using ketosis and that you thought we should use keto adapted. And yes, yes. It's, it's a lot of the same concepts that you're talking about in your brand new book. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is this ain't new to Mark Sisson. You've really you know known this stuff for many years. I'm glad to hear that you actually tried it for yourself in preparation for the book. So what other things did you learn? Did you find the mental enhancements uh, interesting at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I felt like I had um, more consistent energy throughout the day. And, and here's the kind of the caveat to that is, look, I was already in pretty good shape, yeah. you know, having been primal for so long. That's right. So when I say it was next level stuff, it was next level stuff. So I got a little bit more productivity. I got a little bit more mental clarity. I got a little bit. One of the things I found out was which I found fascinating was I, I, I needed a little bit less sleep yes. at night. And that was kind of uh, interesting to me about how much sleep can be, um, d- uh, you know, dictated by the types of foods that we choose. Dr. I mean, Kurt I knew that. Parsley actually taught me this, Mark. He said, you know, when you go ketogenic, you don't need as much sleep, as much as 15 to 20 percent less sleep when you're in ketosis. Exactly. And I think, you know, I suspect that it's because you're not consuming foods that are that are requiring your body to do that much more uh, repair yes. during the nighttime. Right. Um, and, you know, the brain uh, gets its rewiring done and gets everything done very efficiently with ketones. So um, there was there was that element of efficiency. Um, you know, there's certainly enough naked pictures of me circling around the Internet so people know my <laughs> body fat. But, um, you know, I, I, I dropped about five pounds in total. And, and I think almost all of that was body fat that I didn't think I was going to burn. And maybe some of it was visceral fat because people at the gym, even though I lost a little bit of weight, people at the gym said, hey, geez, you look jacked. Are you putting on muscle? Yeah. So there was that kind of interesting um, subjective analysis. So there was, you know, on balance, every every good uh, thing that I could have uh, 
written about and, and researched about, I discovered for myself. It actually came came true for myself. So that was that was um, you know very pleasing, obviously, in this experiment of one. Now you you might ask, well, am I going to do keto for the rest of my life? Am I am I am I going to do keto in the end? No, I don't need to. And what I I've created a new little thing. I don't know. I'm the first to use it, but I'm going to suggest that I am here. And that is the keto zone. I live in the keto zone. And the keto zone for me is this this area where some days I'm a little bit in keto and some days I'm a little bit out. But it doesn't matter because I've built the metabolic machinery. I've built that metabolic flexibility and efficiency that if I up my carbs to 110 one day, um, I don't notice any difference in how I think, how I move, how I feel. And, and then the next day I might go down to 30 grams of carbs and I don't notice any difference in how I think, how I move, how I feel because my body has become fat adapted. That goes yeah. back to that concept that we talked about earlier, fat and keto adapted. Wish I could have that range. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's for me, it involved uh, not just the diet, but a lot of exercise because yes. I'm a, you know, I, I like to exercise and I like to, I'm strategic about it. I don't overdo it. You do fun exercise. I see and you I out there on the paddleboard and man, you, you do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. You still well, doing the ultimate Frisbee? Every Sunday. Every now. Sunday. How old are you now? 64. 64. And he's doing yeah. ultimate Frisbee and with I'm people a third his no, age. I got to tell you, I, I was covering a 27 year old this past weekend, yeah. man to man. And I stuffed him on a couple of, uh, I hope he's not listening, stuffed him on a couple of uh, long bomb runs to the end zone. You're going to let an uh, old man do that to you? <laughs> no, I, oh, I, don't, I don't say that. I don't say that. Oh, I would. But, I would rub it in yeah. his face, man. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, one day it's going to fall off, right? Yes. One, one, there'll be one day I wake up and I go, no, that's that's it. It's over. When but you until told then, that story I'm, a few years back, I was like, he's not going to be able to do that too much longer and you're still rocking it. I feel, honestly, be, because I've done some other things, like I started supplementing with collagen like yeah. heavily, yeah. and I, so I've been repairing the tendons and the ligaments, which were always the thing to go first right. on people over 40, um, because I do 30 to 40 grams of collagen protein supplementation a day. I make, wow. I make one uh, you know, called Collagen Fuel. Um, I've, I've repaired my, my uh, connective tissue so much that that's no longer my weakest link. And shameless it's been, plug, that's shameless been, plug. Shameless plug. That that was another eye opener for me. Um, well, you know, I did this four years ago when I was using someone else's collagen protein, yes. and it worked so well that I thought, Why not I make your a, own? There you go. I have to have a delivery system. I yeah. did the so, same thing with a ketone meter, so I get it, dude. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so I'm I'm at this point right now where I talk about living in the keto zone. Yes, which means that if I if I see some, you know, some nice dessert or something i'm not gonna just not have it because i'm oh i'm in my keto phase and i can't that would take me out and it would cost me you know a, a couple of days which we can talk about that a little bit later because it doesn't cost me a couple of days um but I, but by the same token i also don't go well i'll eat the whole piece you know i'll have one or two bites you know or maybe three and i'll get the full extent of the pleasure of that piece of cheesecake or that piece of you know chocolate cake or whatever i'll sort of know where my limits are um, I don't right. track my macros, but I know where my limits are. Let me play and, devil's advocate on you just a bit, because I'm sure some people yeah. are listening like, okay, hotshot Marxist, and yep. yeah, you can do that, buddy. But if I have one or two bites, I'm eating the whole damn thing. Well, yeah, so there, and, and therein lies the biggest um, hurdle for most people to overcome. And that's, but the beauty of keto is that at the very least, you're going to drop your sugar cravings substantially. At Correct. the very least, you're going to get control of the appetite that up to now ran your life. And, you know, <clears throat> you and I know, but we know lots of people who we love who just live from one meal to the next. You know, yeah. dinner was, that was awesome. What's for breakfast tomorrow? You know, or uh, lunch was great. Uh, what are we having for dinner? And, and you know, uh, God forbid they skip breakfast because <laughs> that's the most important meal of the day. No, f -f 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 fasting. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. The and, the and again, back to the book, The Keto Reset Diet, we, we stair-step you into keto very easily. We actually have you go primal for 21 days to become fat adapted. Sure. So that when you That's do make the transition. Move. Yeah. And you have to make – you have to pass a midterm exam. Halfway through the book, we have an exam <laughs> that, that's based on how you feel when you wake up in the morning. How long can you go without eating? Uh, can you do a workout fasted and not have it you know uh, knock you off your – off your feet, um, you know, uh, lots of little self-tests like this. By the way, none of which have to do with 
testing urine or blood. Because what we've discovered is that, uh, and you and I have talked about this in the past, um, I'm not the biggest fan of of the quantified self. I'm not the biggest fan of measuring a lot of these variables like um, like blood sugar and blood uh, you know blood glucose and, and blood ketones. And the best example I give is guys like you know Todd uh, you know Todd uh, White from Dry or, Farm Wines. Yep, Dry Farm Wines. You know, or or Dom D'Agostino or or Luis Villasenor. You know, these guys have been keto for a long time, and sometimes they might you might see them and it's a day where they had thirty grams of protein, uh, thirty grams of carbs total, and they're and they're like 0.3, 0.4 millimolar, and you go, well, wait a minute, that's not even keto. They're not in ketosis. Well, what we what we're seeing now is that when you've spent that much time doing the work and building the metabolic machinery and doing the workouts and and eating that way and doing intermittent fasting and causing your body to um, to adapt to this way of life, the body is pretty cagey and the body says, well, after three or four weeks of keto, the muscles who initially craved ketones because there was no glucose coming in, have started to build enough metabolic machinery, started to build enough mitochondria that they can do most of their work with fat and they don't even need ketones. So they'll we'll save it for the brain because the brain's going to use... Here's an, here, here's an option that I tell people when they see lower levels is maybe the body has become so efficient that as you're creating the ketones through your nutritional choices and maybe a little bit of exogenous ketones for some people, you're using them quite efficiently that they don't show up on the blood meter. Well, that's exactly my point, Jimmy. That's the point is that you're using them efficiently. And and because, again, when we look at evolution and we look at, you know, how the body over years kind of adapted to long periods of, of uh, not having access to any food, it was about conserving energy, not wasting it. Right. And so once the body says, well, I'm going to start making more ketones because it looks like this fool isn't going to be giving me much more <laughs> carbohydrate or glucose for a while, right? <laughs> so you start making a lot of ketones initially. And that's why people who are new to the keto diet um, and new to ketogenics and new to um, ketosis and all these terms are like, oh, dude, I got you know uh, 4.0 millimolar oh, yeah. on my – on my you'll, ketone you'll meter. You'll see really high on those early days. It freaks people out, Mark, and I have yeah, to I talk know. them down from the ledge and go, uh, enjoy it now because before long, you won't see levels like that ever again. Yeah, exactly. But that's a good thing a because good that thing. means that means the body has gotten the message and the body says, okay, we're not going to waste energy. We're not even going to waste energy making ketones beyond what we need. And because the muscles have become so good at extracting energy from fat through these uh, th- this mitochondrial biogenesis, the muscles don't even crave ketones anymore. So all the ketones are kind of made for the brain. And because the brain's become more efficient at using ketones. And by the way, the brain, you know, it's kind of interesting if you think about this, but when when you're talking about muscles, say in your legs and you're a cyclist and there's a big hill and you have to sprint up a hill, all of a sudden your output goes from a couple of mets to 30 mets, 30 times the metabolic uh, resting metabolic rate because you're working so hard, and so you you immediately drain your 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 glycogen tank by orders of magnitude, just going hard for short periods of time, you know. Or if you've got a Tesla, you know, and you you put it in ludicrous mode, and you say, okay, even though the Tesla can go 300 miles on a charge, if I if I accelerate as fast as I can, I'll draw the battery down to zero. Well, the you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, but the brain doesn't have those sort of orders of magnitude of difference in in energy use you know it's not like you're using uh, five times or ten times or twenty times the energy the brain is sort of a steady state user of of energy it might increase by a factor of two maybe three but it doesn't go up by 30 or 40 and so what that means is as long as the liver says i can produce a steady stream a, a steady low stream of ketones throughout the day uh, and I know where that where that line is. Then then the body's becoming more efficient. The brain is getting all the ketones it needs, but you're not. Sh- it's not showing up in the urine as wasted energy in the term in 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 the form of a uh, you know a purple pea strip. It's just it's just that the body has settled into this nice comfortable area where it knows exactly how much ketone to make and doesn't make more than that and it knows exactly the body knows how much fat uh you know the the muscles can burn it's a it's a beautiful thing and so it makes you more efficient 
in everything you do and it makes you more efficient, metabolically efficient to the extent that somebody like me can get away with 30% fewer calories now than I did even two years ago. Yeah, and and those calories uh, coming from fat help keep you satiated so you can do more of the intermittent fasting, which you already do. I think it's you're an interesting N equals one, Mark, because you come at this not from a metabolically sick um, point of view, but from a very healthy, physically active, been very healthy for years, uh, older gentleman going, getting a little bit older. So those are all factors that you're kind of the unicorn in all this. man. <laughs> and, well, and, I, and I wonder how you apply it to people that are a little more of a difficult uh, situation, like myself, for example, um, where it may not be as easy as you're making it sound. Well, I, I get that, um, you know, some people, look, we all have different biochemistry. We all have different, uh, first of all, we all have the same human genes. Right. We all, you know, burn fat the same way. We all build muscle the same way. We all, you know, it's just the degree to which we do it that differs among individuals. And some of that's a result of familial genetic history. Some of that's a result of, uh, of um, long-term metabolic damage. That doesn't get undone in, you know, in a 21-day program. Right. Um, some of it's a result of a um, a mismatch between uh, physical activity and the and the notion that there's got to be some amount of um, uh, of physical throughput, shall we say, to accelerate the process. Yep. Um, so I recognize that people are different, but I also think that that if we start with a template that is pretty standardized and then recognize that there's an n equals one variable to that there's a there's an n equals one component to that um as as i say a lot and i bet you've said it before there are a lot of ways to do keto wrong yep and there are a lot of ways to do keto right Mm -hmm. you know and i just like to give a template and say okay if you understand what we're trying to achieve here and that's what i've always been good at is kind of explaining the science to people then within the context of your own particular lifestyle and age and condition uh, and genetic history, um, let's find a way that you can, um, you know, you can make this happen for you and, and make it successful. Right. And I think that's a great strategy, Mark. And it's certainly uh, the hallmark of all of your work. You've always been that way with the Primal Blueprint concept. And I'm glad to see you're uh, extrapolating that same thing to the Keto Reset Diet. Hey guys, we're back here with Autumn and Chaz from paleovalley.com. And if you don't know about them, they have these amazing 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef sticks. And they're going to tell you about these today. Autumn, tell us a little more about Paleo Valley. At Paleo Valley, we pride ourselves in making the most nutrient-dense, highest-quality products out there. And for that reason, we use 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, which is actually very, very rare. But research has shown that it has higher levels of vitamins and minerals, a more favorable fatty acid ratio, which actually reduces inflammation while conventional beef promotes inflammation and it also has higher levels of antioxidants like glutathione. Yeah, and another thing just to add to that, the way that we process our sticks is incredibly unique. As far as we know, we're the only people that are doing this. We ferment them. So there's a little ingredient and a lot of beef sticks out there, even the healthy ones called encapsulated citric acid. It's basically GMO based and it's wrapped in hydrogenated oil and it's very inflammatory, not good for you. So instead, we ferment ours old world style it allows us to make them shelf stable and preserves them without the use of that little crappy ingredient. As a result, there's 1 billion CFUs of probiotics. So there's actually some gut health benefits to it as well. Well, you heard it here first, you guys. They do it old school and they have four delicious flavors all for you at paleovalley.com. And if you use the coupon code Jimmy at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order. Paleo Valley. Have you read my best-selling book, Keto Clarity, and still have trouble trying to figure out this ketogenic thing? Then let me introduce you to my latest project called Keto Clarity Academy. Visit the website ketoclarityacademy.com where we're making low-carb simple. This program is designed to help the average everyday person struggling with health issues, weight gain, and just needs a clearer understanding of what keto is all about. Our goal is to simply 
simply teach practical ways to implement a whole foods nutritional ketogenic diet for optimizing both weight loss and health. We have various services available to you, including classes on ketogenic diets based on Keto Clarity. We also have one-on-one support and consultation mentoring, as well as a 24-hour texting with an instructor. Again, go to ketoclarityacademy.com and sign up now to find your clarity about keto. Keto Clarity Academy. One thing that I think is always missing in these conversations about keto, but everybody talks about the diet and maybe to a lesser degree the exercise, but very few people talk about the impact of ketones and fat adaptation with lifestyle things. And you really hit that head on. Uh, you actually present a comprehensive lifestyle approach. And of course, you include all the usual suspects, sleep, exercise, stress control, all of these things. So can you get into some of those things as to why you put those in the book and how do they impact ketosis and fat adaptation? Absolutely. So <clears throat> I guess one of the biggest um, complaints that the standard kind of conventional wisdom would have about fasting, for instance, uh, is that it causes a rise in cortisol. The other F word. Yeah, and, <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, and, and so a lot of uh, traditional dietitians and physicians would say that, yeah, the, the body, we need glucose, we, ha- we, we need it to, to um, fuel our brains and our muscles, um, therefore, we need to eat carbohydrate. Therefore, if we don't get a regular supply of this because of the limited nature of the storage of carbohydrate in the form of glycogen, um, if we don't eat on a regular basis and if we stop eating for a meal or two, um, all hell breaks loose in the body and we start to secrete um, cortisol, uh, which is a adrenal stress hormone. And that cortisol then uh, affects how we um, how we store fat, it, it typically over the long term causes an, an increase in fat storage uh, and an a increase in gluconeogenesis and a, a number of the things that we, that we typically don't want to have happen. Um, but it's there because it's a survival mechanism based on millions of years of evolution. And all we have to do is kind of figure out what we're trying to achieve with that. Now, when we look at things like sleep, if we don't get enough sleep, that is another way we can raise cortisol. Mm. We can, uh, you know, so you can be working hard. You can be having a stressful night. You can have your room set up so it's not, you know, it's hot, it's too hot, you can't sleep, or it's too noisy because the neighbors next door are making a racket, or it's, there's too much light and you've got too much, um, you know, light affecting delayed onset melatonin. There are all these different things that can happen that can interfere with sleep yep. that over time can cause uh, an, a rise in cortisol. And then that cortisol then can can interfere with your keto efforts. So there's there's one example. Certainly, stress management is another kind of way to, to ap- approach that same cortisol question. Um, sun exposure. I talk a lot about getting enough sunlight, enough yes. vitamin D. I mean, we want our we want our uh, bodies to be exposed. Un, unprotected, uh, meaning not having clothing. Well, you can be, you don't have to be naked. <laughs> At least have a little I mean, clothing, but yes. Have a little clothing on. You <laughs> and know, if you're in Malibu, it's easy. <laughs> a Speedo, a Speedo or something. But uh, um, yeah, uh, to make vitamin D, because vitamin D is a critical component of, of not just the immune system, a very critical component of the immune system, but it's also involved in, in um, you know, some of the other processes, including uh, sex hormones and things like that. So there are a lot of, lifestyle factors that we want to address to be sure that you're not sabotaging your keto efforts because a lot of people have come to me and said, oh, dude, I did everything you said. I, I cut cut way down on my carbs and I uh, increased my uh, movement throughout the day. You know, I'm trying to get uh, move around a lot, um, sprinting once a week, I'm lifting weights in the gym, but for some reason, I'm still not getting results. What's going on? And then I find out that they're working two jobs, they're not yep. getting to bed till one o'clock at night, or they're going through a stressful time in their in their life, or sometimes, you know, sometimes a woman who is still battling um, a childhood um, uh, abuse issue, or, you know, and then combine that with, with the sort of anorexic, bulimic, fear of fat 
uh, mindset that so many people have um, and causing a lot of stress because of the disconnect between reading the information, but believing it's kind of a, a, a cognitive dissonance, you know, thing where you're trying to occupy two different thoughts in the same mind. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of a lot of things that we look at um, around just the diet that people could do to enhance their experience of keto. And we talk about that in the book. And that's so important, Mark. I don't think enough of the people talking about keto are discussing these things. I've been trying to you know, sound the alarm on these things a little more and hearing someone like Mark Sisson articulate it so well in the keto reset. I'm, it just it brings a smile to my face because people think it's all about the food. And well, when the food doesn't work, well, this diet sucks. I'm giving it up. And they never try it when it could be the answer for them. They were just going through a divorce at the time or they're kids were driving them crazy and they didn't learn how to manage that stress or they were sleeping three hours a night and they blamed it on the diet. Uh, So it's good to see other people like yourself uh, getting that message out there. I appreciate that. And, you know, and it could be something also as simple as the the types of food that you're choosing to eat. I mean, you know, you can get the macros right. You can get the fat, protein, carbohydrate thing. But then if you're choosing, for lack of a better term, crappy foods. Yes. There'll be issues there. Too. You mean McDonald's hamburger patties aren't good? <laughs> but but you know there are a lot of people. There are a lot I of know, people. No, that's who, why I'm laughing. Yeah yeah yeah. No, I mean it's it's a it's I am a hundred percent behind you. And I get I get why you're laughing. But that's it's it's a sad fact that there yeah. are a lot of people who are you know have the information. I mean that look that was the issue with Adkins from day one. That's right. Was was that the uh, it was a great concept. He was a pioneer. Uh, you know, we all have to tip our hat to him for having this kind of rediscovered this this banting effect. But but the execution was fairly was poor. He left the um, real food part of it out. I think yeah, far too yeah. many people didn't get the real food message. They just got the low carb message. So let me have 15 grams of Twizzlers and that's still 15 grams. They weren't getting that real food was an important aspect. And I, I credit the paleo primal community for really kind of pushing that on low carb. And now you've yep. got a lot of keto leaders, myself included, who are pushing very strongly to get grass fed and organic and all these quality foods because it matters. Yep, exactly. It does. Well, uh, towards the end of your book, you give people uh, a step-by-step guide, a 21-day reset, as you mentioned earlier, and of course, recipes. Uh, did you do the recipes by yourself, or did Carrie help I, you, or what happened? I mean, I look, I didn't do the recipes myself. I did the I, the food ideas. Here's what I like to eat. Um, and so I had my team make it. Make, make it. Yeah, make it. Exactly. Uh, now, Carrie is really good at making recipes. Did she contribute any at all? Uh, there's probably a couple in there that she did for sure. Good. Um, you know, this is now we've done, um, five cookbooks. So some of these recipes in this book are just called from the original cookbooks Yeah. where we just said, well, okay, this was a great recipe. Keto-fied. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We keto fight it. Exactly. Or it was already keto to begin with. That's, that's I right. mean, that's kind of the, the weird irony of a lot of the recipes you find in paleo cookbooks of which there are probably 750 now, um, is that so many of these recipes are already keto. And you just have to know what to look for. Well, it's awesome that you're getting into the keto market. Like I told you at the beginning, you were keto when keto wasn't cool. You've been out there talking about it, even in the midst of all that nonsense that was happening in the paleo community, kind of dismissing keto. You never really you know, jumped on that bandwagon. So kudos no. to you. It would have been very easy for Mark Sisson to pile on keto. But you knew the efficacy even a few years back and now hear that everybody's looking for it. Hopefully my work has uh, contributed a little bit to that. Uh, but we're going to I'm sure it, I'm sure it has, Jimmy. I mean, continue to grow. Well, you know, it was a hard road to get my publisher to do a book on keto way back in 20. 20- 12 when they approached me what do you want to write about i was like ketogenic diets and they're like eh, it's too niche of a niche of a niche and i'm like, okay yeah. you're wrong yeah. but uh, and eventually they listened to me and we came out with keto clarity in 2014 and now boom everybody and their mama's talking about keto exactly it was i think it was the most uh you know googled word uh, it was over certainly above paleo diet last year yeah, this year it's it's way ahead of paleo right now. Paleo yeah. still still up there, but uh, yeah, it, and it's interesting because I consider keto and paleo and and throw primal in there all kissing cousins. We're not that much different from each other, so it's kind of interesting this whole riff that happens between those communities uh, when well, we're all on the same page. No, no, you're exactly right. And by the way, that's why I use the term keto reset because I don't 
I'm I'm taking the primal blueprint basis, and from there I'm I'm just saying okay, the next level is to spend a couple of months in keto. I'd like for we say six weeks is what we'd like to do. Hmm. We'd like people to spend six weeks. That's what like guys like Don D'Agostino says. That's when you really start to see the benefits. That's when the lights really come on. And that's go, right. Oh, this is this is awesome. You may not now, want to come off at that point. <laughs> and you may not want to come off. And if by the way, if you're someone who who uh, does want to stay in keto, go for it. That's, yeah. uh, I mean, there's no you know, harm that, in it. There's no harm in it. And we know a lot of people who have done extremely well for long periods of time, uh, fully keto. Um, in my case, like I say, I, I like to think in terms of this metabolic flexibility and I exist in this keto zone where I can be fully keto I don't even know what that means anymore because I'm some days I'll have 30 grams of carbs. Uh, you know, maybe I'll do it four days in a row. And then other days I'll go, you know what? I'm going to have just, it just happened that I had 110 or 120 grams of carbs today. But then what happens is if I have it by the end of the day, I've had a hundred, let's just say I've had 120 grams of carbs. I wake up the next morning. I, I uh, don't eat breakfast. I have a cup of coffee. I go do a hard workout. Um, I go back to work. I eat my meal at one o'clock and it's, it's going to be a, Typically a big ass salad. Are you still doing the bass is what I call it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, here's the irony of that. Um, That big ass salad probably only has 12, 13, 15 net grams of carbs in it. That's right. Yeah. Then it's got protein on top and then I douse it with Primal Kitchen. Here's the next big uh, on a bash plug, uh, primal kitchen salad dressing. That's why I made the dressing. Your mayonnaise. I, I got to stop you a second. Your mayonnaise from Primal Kitchen is the best mayonnaise I've ever had. I keep like seven jars on hand at all time just to make sure I don't ever run out. So kudos for that. Well, I appreciate that. But again, that's why I make this stuff because I wanted something that I could that I could eat with reckless abandon, shall we say, and know that it was serving my keto needs. It was serving my primal needs. It was serving my my my. Uh, healthy fats requirements. With you know, it's quality, only made with, yeah. avo- with with avocado oil, with organic cage free eggs, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, so um, my point is, I'll go. Um, you know, by having eaten 120 grams of carbs one night, by the next afternoon, I'm back fully keto. You know, it's uh, it's I hate like, you. I'm, <laughs> I, but I'm in, but Jimmy, I'm in that zone now. Yes. Where it's like, what what's the difference? If the only difference is measurable. Um, in, you know, in terms of maybe, uh, you know, a breath meter or a ketone strip, you know, an yeah. acetone meter. Um, but, but the real, the real variable is how do I feel? Right. And, and if I feel just the same, just as energetic, just as muscular, just as everything, if You're I didn't still have fat to, adapted, then I'm still fat adapted. That's right. And so, and so I exist in the, what I call the keto zone. And I think, you know, we look back at some of the, again, um, Finney and Volick, who initially talked about, well, once you go keto, you know, if you go out of keto, it's going to take you three days to get back in. I'm not experiencing that. And no, neither is Todd. And neither is Luis. And neither is Brad Kern. You're lucky. Because I well, don't think that's the experience of most people listening to this right now. Um, and, and maybe you guys, you know have some kind of a secret that we need to know about. Definitely. We'll check out your book to see what you're saying in there. But I find most people, especially with insulin resistance, it can take maybe, you know, five days, even upwards of a few weeks to get back into full. So let me ask you, you don't this, feel the hunger that, where you're feeling yeah. great. Like, like you were while you're in keto. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so let me interview you on that. Now. Please. Is that, is that what happens to you? Do you, if you go yes. out of keto, do you feel like crap for three days? I do. At least three days. Interesting. So if you, and so what, what does it take you to get out of keto? Um, it doesn't take much, Mark, because my carb tolerance is pretty darn low. I mean, if I go too much above like 50 grams of carbs, I'm well out of ketosis at that point. Um, and even too much protein can probably push me out of ketosis. Now, what I find my secret weapon to get back in a little quicker is I can fast for three, four or five days and I'm back in. Interesting. So what about, um, you know, getting on the bike and doing some wind sprints or something oh, like yeah. that? Oh, it's your it's all your fault that I run up and down my street like a madman <laughs> from stop time, stop sign to stop sign. I do that hit training. Um, yeah. And so I'll do sprints and yeah, it'll move the needle a little bit, Mark. But I find that on those days after the, the having the carbs and feeling crappy, I don't feel like doing those things. So it'd be, it's mur- murderous trying to get back into it with exercise. 
Right. So what do you think your daily uh, caloric intake is now? Right now? Yep. Um, probably 2,500 calories. Uh-huh. Um, what happens if you go down to um, 1,800? It depends on what the quality of the food is. You think less calories would be more advantageous? I do. Yep. That would be. So now here I am. I'm coaching you on, on your own podcast. Live on so Living the Low Carb Show. Shut me up. <laughs> shut me up if you want me to. Well, you've been but, preaching that message for a little while, yeah. Mark. It, yeah. And you've even used that phrase before that you're trying to get the most bang, nutritional bang for your buck for the least amount of calories possible. Exactly. So that's that was like if you came to me and said, hey, Mark, you know, I got this issue where if I if I have 70 grams of carbs in a day, I'm out of ketosis for two days or three days. Yeah. I say, Jimmy, that's not right. That's not right. So one way to to, again, kind of build that metabolic machinery so that doesn't happen is to cut, you know, play with how low you can go mm-hmm. in your calories. And if that means, you know, do you skip a meal every day? Do you do, you do a compressed Oh, dude, eat? I'm intermittent fasting king. I, I fast every single day. To, so from when to when? So I don't like? eat breakfast typically. So my last meal of the day is typically around 6 p.m. the night before. And then yep. I don't eat again until maybe 1, 2, 3 o'clock the next day. Okay. And But within that window, you're having 2,500 calories. I try to pack in the calories just to make sure I'm not slowing down the metabolism and, and all the lower BMR and all ah, that stuff. So it, okay, so is that a fear that you're going to slow down the metabolism? It is. Okay. Um, that's interesting to me. Okay, so um, because if you if you do the work, um, and, the, and the work, you, you and I know, is just like walking, right? Yeah. You don't have – I mean, I love that you're sprinting. I love hearing that because we've – And flipping <laughs> tire. I've got this big old tractor tire. Nice, uh, nice. Daryl Edwards uh, uh, said yeah. some fun stuff. So I went and got a tractor tire. Oh, so that's tire, fun. I flipped that so you as stole well. it. So you stole a tractor tire from your <laughs> Actually, that was they fun. gave it to me for free. Okay. They were trying to get rid of them. <laughs> All right. Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, so anyway, I mean, look, if you haven't played with that for a couple of weeks at a time, and if your only fear is that you're going to um, slow your metabolism yeah. down, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let that hold me up. Because, okay. yeah, I mean. So you well, think whatever. 1,800 from, from 2,500 is enough of a drop that I would. So, so we, our discussion was on, on those days that I have a little higher carb the yep. next few days before I could get back into ketosis. Your theory is it's because you're eating too many calories on those days when you're trying to get back into ketosis that if you ate a few less calories still within your ketogenic zone, yes. then you'll be able to get yes. back in a lot quicker. Is that what you're yes. saying? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Okay. I can test yep. that. Because, I mean, we have these, you know, there's there's different ways to get into ketosis. And one of them is to eat lots of MCT oil oh, and yeah. generate ketones. Or okay, great. ketones, yeah. But, the, but, the, but the, the object isn't to make ketones. Right. The object is to burn fat. Correct. Okay, that's... And there that, is that's a gotta, distinction. Can you tell and, the distinction between those two things? Yeah, I mean, we want to burn fat. That's what we want to be good at. The fact that we that we become really good at burning fat, we burn off our stored body fat and a trend toward our ideal body composition. The fact that we can take some of that fat and make ketones and then and then offset the need to take any carbohydrate at all just gives us the mental energy, the mental ability to continue to to perform at a high level. I tell people this is a weird uh, kind of new concept, and I haven't really fleshed it out fully, but I've said it a couple times, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share it with you. But I think we're most human when we're not eating. So mm-hmm. I think this whole concept of eating, it's like if you look at a, a lion who eats 60 pounds or 80 pounds of meat and then sleeps for two days uh, <laughs> and then doesn't eat again for a couple of days, or a boa constrictor who does the same thing. Not that we're like that, but but they're loading up on fuel. So they're, they're, they're encountering all of these um, hormonal changes because of the input. Every bite of food has a hormonal effect on the body. We know that. And so all of this stuff happens that tends to be more of a, quote, growth phase when we're eating. And I think all the good stuff happens when we're not eating. Right. All of the protein sparing, all the muscle building, all of the uh, autophagy, all of the potential long-term benefits, all of the anti-inflammatory benefits happen when we're not eating. And that's when we're most human. And, and I, we have to get away from this concept that, oh, well, I have to eat. Well, certainly we have to get away from the concept I have to eat three meals a day. Here, right? here, that's yeah. Just, yeah, but maybe we have to get away from the concept. <laughs> yeah, maybe we have to get away from the concept that we need to eat 
two meals a day. Right. I mean, Art Devaney, who isn't even into ketosis and right. isn't he's he's okay with it, but he sort he he. He espouses this concept like, well, just some days I go without eating because that's the normal human experience. And I want to give my my human genetic recipe the inputs that it expects. And my recipe expects me not to eat for a couple of days. So uh, back to that whole concept of, you know, can you, um, you know, can you drop the the daily caloric average from 2,500 down to 1,800. Um, just, I would, I would play with that a little bit, and I wouldn't worry. Right. I really wouldn't that it's negatively impacting uh, your your metabolism. Because, so, Mark, here's ahead. a question back at you. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of fasting. Wrote a whole book about it with Dr. Jason Fung, and you were one of the great fasting all star contributors to that. So, thank you again. But. Yep. Uh, would you say that if you did, say, an alternate day fast where every other day you didn't eat, a la Art Devaney, um, and then on the days that you did eat, you had 2,500 calories over a two-day average period that ends up being 1,250 calories, would that accomplish the same thing as you're saying to drop this 700 calories uh, per day or what? It, it could. It could. And um and then I could look at it another way and just say, okay, we, we also have to talk about compliance here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are you a person who's willing to not eat every other day? Fasting because, is easy. Okay. Okay. I do but it I'm daily just, already, 24 hours okay, a day. Well, except I'm going to, okay, but I'm going to suggest that you don't do it daily because I'm like, okay. I, this, I have this compressed eating window of one o'clock to seven o'clock. Okay. So it's, you know, 18 hours of not eating. I don't even call it intermittent fasting. I just, I just, I just don't like that people think that I'm somehow choosing to fast. <laughs> I wake up and I'm not hungry. That's right. That's the, that's the full extent of, of what we're talking about here. I don't here. call mine fasting either, by the way. It's yeah. just, I eat one or two meals a day. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I would just say maybe you know maybe there's that that thing going on where because you have a you know a, a, an appreciable amount of stored energy on your body yeah. that we want to over time we want that to decrease we want to maintain or build muscle but we want to decrease those energy stores the only way to do that is to burn more calories off than you store it's not about calories in calories out it's it's like uh, as long as i burn more than i store then i will trend toward that ideal body composition um but that and that only happens because you create that deficit so back to my point there there's a couple of ways to get into ketosis one is you can just eat mct oil or a lot of fat and that'll create ketones and that'll make a pr- for impressive ketone numbers but the other is to drink ketone supplements but d- depending on when you have them, they can be counterproductive they're because very the body transient say, too, very quick. They're very transient, and then the body says, you know, it's an elegant feedback loop where the body says, well, I already got ketones, I don't need to make any more. Yeah. You know, so then it stops using the fat to make the more ketones. So it's counterproductive in that case. Um, and the other way is to create, you know, is what they call starvation ketosis, which I'm not suggesting anyone do, but that's another way to get into ketosis. So there are all these ways in which we can get into ketosis but the ultimate goal for everyone is to become better at burning fat to become what we call a fat burning beast and the best way to become burning better at burning fat is to give your body the signal that it needs to look to its own fat reserves for energy you can help it with a little bit of uh, keto stuff you can help it with some mtt oil but all that really does is kind of get your body used to what it feels like to have to have um, ketones. And that's helpful real, early on. Yep. That's it's quite helpful early on. And by the way, I use ketone supplements when I now when I when I work out sometimes. Oh, if when I've got I'm a, stressed, Mark, I or I've had a little less sleep, I'll I'll take them just to give me that little bit of a boost. I'll t- I'll take them before I give a talk sometimes, Jimmy. I mean, yeah. I I feel like they they serve a they serve a, a, a role, but not in terms of in, in inducing uh, fat burning, right. not in terms of inducing some sort of ketogenic fat burning process. So not a replacement we, for the diet. Correct. So I think we need to recognize that in order to accomplish the main goal of a keto diet, which is to burn fat, not to make ketones, but to burn fat. Ketones are like a nice little, you know, uh, uh, subset, um, uh, you know, after effect uh, side side benefit or whatever, it's great. But the main purpose is to burn fat. And so whatever we can do to c- 
create signals to our body that we need to take our stored body fat out of storage and burn it uh, and do though and do that in a way that the body doesn't even recognize the difference. It's like the body doesn't care whether you got the 500 calories that got you from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. It doesn't care if it got it off a plate of bacon or off your thighs. Body doesn't care, doesn't know, just knows that it's good at accessing fat. It made a lot of mitochondria from the signals that you've been giving it by being in in a, in a keto program. And now it's great at putting that fat through and extracting energy from that fat. And that's really the essence of the keto reset diet is becoming more metabolically flexible, metabolically efficient. So you not only burn fats more efficiently, you burn ketones and you make and burn ketones more efficiently. And by the way, you also burn glucose more efficiently when you have it. Right. Mark, one thing that I want to caution people that might have heard what you just said, sometimes they hear that, well, uh, if you you can eat your fat in the form of a pile of bacon or get it off your thighs. And so people are like, well, then I should eat zero fat. And that's not what you're saying at all, is it? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that 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 we have to create somehow over time for this whole program to benefit anybody who's looking to improve their health. Um, and we have to create a caloric deficit. That's the only way this works. You know, the original studies in, in keto were pretty impressive when people could eat 4,500 grams, excuse me, 4,500 calories a day. <laughs> for, yeah, 4,500. 40, 40, yeah, it would. 4,500 calories a day and not gain weight. Right. And it's like, oh, my God, that's just really impressive. But the downside to that was they weren't losing weight. Yeah, because they were just taking in this energy and they were finding thermogenic ways to, you know, to burn it off and activating brown fat and all this other uncoupling protein, all these all these mechanisms that the body has where it needs to get rid of an excess of fuel. I mean, the body is designed to work on very limited, uh, limited amounts of fuel. It's amazing. And of course, you look at most of uh, sub-Saharan Africa, and those people get by on five, 600, 800 calories a day. How does that happen? Well, it happens because the body is prepared to handle that small an input of, of calories. Yeah. And then some, some of those guys come over and become uh, centers in the NBA. Uh, but, <laughs> but the point is, the body is, is a, an, an amazingly adaptive mechanism if you give it the right signals. And in this case, the correct signals for losing body fat are to become better at burning fat and then to create uh, a situation where whenever there's a deficit, whether it's an intermittent fast, whether it's a long-term fast, whether it's a daily uh, 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 lowering of calories um, combined with, I mean, what happens with people who typically um, dramatically reduce calories? I'll give you the best example I can think of, biggest loser. Okay, so these are people who never got fat adapted. They just got their calories cut. So they didn't, they didn't do the work to build a metabolic machinery. So yes, when their calories got cut and they were limited to um, 800 calories a day, mostly Little Debbie snacks, so it was mostly carbs, and they were being forced to do 6,000 calories worth of work in the gym, they lost muscle mass. They yeah, lost water. They, they lost they had to. So yes, their metabolisms got affected because they were they were entering that carbohydrate paradigm where if you've gone down that route and your body's expecting you to be giving it sugar all the time and then you don't give it sugar, what does the body do? Tears down muscle. Tears down muscle to create more sugar because the brain hasn't become used to uh, burning ketones. The muscles haven't become used to burning fat. And so all they do is try to burn more and more glucose and now you've withheld the glucose. So now they're all – that's why they got sick. That's why they, they got depressed. That's why they gained all their weight back almost invariably because they never took the time to get fat adapted and keto adapted. That's the big difference. And that's why when we talk about your situation or people you know, who, who are followers of you who have had maybe similar thoughts like, oh, my God, I'm going to seriously compromise my metabolism. No, because you're fat adapted. If you weren't fat adapted – I'd be seriously worried. I'd be worried right alongside you. Yeah. But that's not the case here. Does that make sense to you? So all bets are off because of the fat adaptation. The the blood chemistry changes that so it doesn't become an issue because it has access to the calories on the body. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
Now I'm getting before, it. Yeah, before the blood chemistry. Exactly. It's the blood. It's the hormones and the blood chemistry that said, whoa, 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 something's wrong here. There's no glucose. We don't know how to burn fat. We can't access it. The, the insulin's still too high. So we're just going to have to figure out ways to make new glucose. I know. Let's create a lot of cortisol. Let's tear down the muscles. Let's send those amino acids to the liver to become glucose so we can survive. Well, that's what happened to those guys. And that's why they, every single one of them failed, almost invariably. Because they, and, and that, that was my biggest issue with The Biggest Loser all the time, was they're, they're doing this the whole, the, the wrong way. They, they're tapped into this carbohydrate paradigm that they're never going to escape from. The human body wants to burn fat. It's designed to burn fat. And when you reintroduce the signals to become good at burning fat, then, then everything shifts. And your metabolism does not get negatively impacted by that. Hmm. Well, uh, this interview was going to uh, end about 25 minutes ago, but the second half of the interview was the better part of the interview. So <laughs> uh, it was fun just talking to you at the end there, Mark. And uh, I'm going to try some of these things that you mentioned here today. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't even say that I've been struggling with this, but I've been living with this condition for a little while. And so it's always good to get someone's perspective who I respect and, and appreciate that you know what you're talking about. And again, the name of the book, guys, go get it. The Keto Reset Diet, Reboot Your Metabolism in 21 Days and Burn Fat Forever. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section at the com. You can also go to ketoreset.com uh, for more great resources all about this book. Well, Mark, uh, I think we need to like start a new podcast. Uh, was it ketogenic therapy with Mark? <laughs> the keto zone. <laughs> nee, 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 Coming nee, nee. into the keto zone. Yeah, <laughs> just not green acres. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, thanks so much for joining us again here today on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. Coming up next time on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll have an LLVLC classic episode featuring Hank Garner. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveandlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light. <laughs>